beautiful, beautiful song. Such a beautiful song, uh, sung by a very beautiful woman. And uh, that's Shirley Caesar, Holy, Holy, Holy. And um, hey, and as promised, folks, uh, we have our fantastic guest with us. And uh, Noni Darwish, how are you today? Good morning. What a pleasure to be with you this morning. I'm telling you, the pleasure truly is all mine, ma'am. It, it really is to, uh, to read about you and what you have been doing and the, the journey and the trek that you have traveled. And, um, and, and I welcome you here in this season of Lent as a, as a Christian sister uh, having an interview with a Christian brother. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it's my, my pleasure, and I'm proud to be your sister. Yeah, thank you, thank you. And, um, and I also, you know, not quite like you, you were born in Islam. I had a time when I was a teenager when I was involved with a, uh, an Islamic uh, group here in America, kind of an offshoot of the Nation of Islam. And, and I'm telling you, I, I learned that it was a really eye-opening experience. And I was, I was literally put out by being kicked in my mouth because I, I'm not a submissive person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, but didn't it make you uh, more appreciative of every word in the Bible? Yes. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And so, you know, I, um, I just thank you for what you're doing here. Your, your book, Wholly Different, and you've written it. And, folks, this, this is not uh, Mrs. Darwish's uh, first book. I mean, you, you're a prolific author, and um, you've written The Devil We Don't Know, The Dark Side of the Revolutions, in the Middle East, um, you've you've written. Uh, now they call me infidel. Uh, why I renounce jihad for America, Israel and the war on. Now that's big that you would write about Israel and the war on terror when your own father was mm-hmm. killed in the Arab-Israeli conflict. Uh, your own father, you were six years old. He was under Nasser. And uh, this is uh, very early in the 1950s. So this is very early on uh, Israel being uh, reborn in, in 1958. And uh, so you, you also write in your book that you blame the, the, the way Muslims are taught for these things that happen. Explain. Yeah, well, well, I grew up in the middle of the Arab-Israeli conflict, in a war zone. I lived in Gaza as a child, and the job of my father, he was the head of the Egyptian military intelligence in Gaza, and uh, his job was to destroy Israel. And uh, so I used to sleep at night listening to bombing a lot, and all I did was hide under my bed. Oh, God. And eventually, and I went to Gaza Elementary School, and they told us that Jews were apes and pigs and enemies of Allah. And it, it would be our, our first duty towards Allah is to kill them, because they are the enemies of Allah. So the, the God of Islam was portrayed to us as somebody who had human enemies. And it was our job to kill them. Mm-hmm. 
very different from Christ, who had no enemies. He told us to love our enemies, even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And wouldn't even allow... Uh, wouldn't even allow Peter to take a sword to the centurion as they took Jesus away. <laughs> they put that sword away, Jesus. I mean, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I grew up under values of hatred and violence. And frankly, I was a kind of an anti-Semite myself because that's what I knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father was killed in the jihad against Israel, by Israel, and the president of Egypt came to pay condolences in our home. And he told us children, I was only eight then, and he told us, which one of you kids will avenge your father's blood by killing Jews? So it made me feel that if I really loved my father, then I have to kill Jews. Wow. And I loved my father, but I didn't want to kill anybody. Mm-hmm. So it, it ha- I lived with this kind of conflict. Mm-hmm. And that word stayed with me for until I out, you know, came to America. I came at age 30 to the United States. Wow. Um, so that, that fear was kind of boiled in you oh, for yeah. 30 for 30 years over over than that because i uh, i came here and i still considered myself a muslim mm-hmm. i went to a mosque in in los angeles and i was told don't assimilate in america we're here to islamize america mm-hmm. and <clears throat> what year I, was this it was 7980 mm-hmm yeah, we're here to Islamize America. America. Right. And don't assimilate. Mm-hmm. But they will eventually be like us. That's the hope. Mm-hmm. And, and they told us to despise American culture. Mm-hmm. We are not supposed to assimilate in it. And I felt very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And it made me feel that, you know, it takes more effort not to assimilate in a culture you choose to go to live in. We right. chose to come to live in America. Mm-hmm. And to choose not to assimilate takes more effort than mm-hmm. to assimilate. So, and I stopped going to a mosque completely. Mm-hmm. And I lived without any faith for 17 years. Oh, okay. Well, what prompted you to have a renewal of faith and to come to faith in Jesus? Thank you. I sent my kids to a Christian school and because I wanted them to learn some morals, some values. Mm-hmm. And they used to come home and tell me, Mom, you have to come to church. And I used to laugh. I'm not Christian, I would tell them. And uh, eventually one, one Sunday morning, I was flipping channels on TV uh, with my cup of coffee and I... I heard one, uh, one preacher after another after another giving the sermons, and I heard something I never heard before, and it was called, We're All Sinners. And that statement that is common in, in the churches was a revolution in my mind. Mm-hmm. 
I said, we're all sinners? Wow. Because in Islam, they are all sinners. Right. We are Muslims. We are innocent. And they are the sinners. The non-Muslims are the sinners. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started questioning. Something was wrong in my, my uh, culture of origin. Something was wrong in my religion of origin. And then I started discovering huge differences. Every time I started going to church, I got baptized. And thank you, thanks to those preachers on TV, mm-hmm. those you know, great preachers on TV, I want to thank them all. Because <laughs> they are the ones who changed me, because they mm-hmm. came to my home. And made me become Christian because mm-hmm. without them, I, I could never dare go to a church in America. Yeah. Because in Islam, the penalty of leaving Islam is death. Yeah, yeah, apostasy. It, now, yeah. We, we're, we're up against a real hard break at the bottom of the hour. Now, would you hold over, please? Sure. This is just so fascinating. Sure. Thank you, thank you. And if you're just joining us, folks, Nani Darwish is our guest. We're going to take a bottom-of-the-hour break. We will be right back. A man. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Virginia's Big Dog radio program, The Really Real Deal. And folks, if you're just joining us, we have a really, really real deal guest with us today. And uh, we have Noni Darwish, and uh, we're going to continue with our conversation uh, Mrs. Darwish is the um, director of Former Muslims United, and um, and ma'am, I'm I'm looking here at uh, a letter you uh, you sent out uh, your group rather September 25th, uh, 2009. That said that on that date, 220 years ago in 1789, the U.S. Congress passed the Bill of Rights. This is a fitting date to put our pledge to the world. And I thought this was great that you just like the United States made and through the Declaration of Independence, uh, you put your declaration out. And that, uh, yeah, as founders of former Muslims United, we now pledge our lives, our fortunes and our sacred honor to achieve for former Muslims their inalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We claim these rights as the foundation of our right to be free from Sharia. And we urge you to join us. I just thought that was, you know, share, share where that came from, the, the, to be free from Sharia. Well, what happened uh, uh, just a few months before we formed this, group. There was a young 17-year-old Muslim girl in Ohio. Her name was Rivka Berry. And she escaped from her home because she became Christian. And her father was about to kill her. She escaped to Florida. And there was a huge story about it. And uh, at that time, we were a group of adults. former Muslims, 
like myself, and we we were outraged because this is not just us. It's it's our kids who are starting to have no no rights living in America under the U.S. Constitution, but has no right to hold the Bible, to choose Jesus as our our Savior. We're not supposed to do that because we have death threats on our heads. And it was time for uh, this to be exposed to America because we're not, there are many, many, many cases like that. And in support of that young girl who's now, uh, she's over 18 now, and thank goodness she's still a Christian and... uh, her life was saved by a Christian pastor like yourself. And so I, we, it was time for us to declare our, uh, our rights under the U.S. Constitution that we live under. But, the, you know, Muslim, the Muslim plans and goals in this country are, are not for us to live under the U.S. Constitution, but under Sharia law. Mm-hmm. So, and we, were, we wanted to, to alert America to what we were living under. Mm-hmm. So now what would you say in, in this nation, uh, roughly, now, of course, you know, the nation has always been divided, but, uh, you know, I'm not sure how familiar you are with American history, but about every four generations we get extremely divided. And, uh, and then after yeah. we kind of come back together again, and these, these uh, flashpoints usually mean war, like the Revolutionary War, the Civil War, World Bye. War II, and, and again now. And, but right now, you have the nation uh, rough. Not that all Republicans or all Democrats think alike. They don't. But no. it's roughly that on the Democrat side, they are very accepting of what you say is a a muslim front and a plan that they they when they're in their mosques they say we're not here to become americans we're here to make americans into muslims and now on the republican side they roughly for the most part uh kind of get it and are against that but we they're on the republican side there are senators that are fighting Donald Trump's immigration ban, which is not a total Muslim ban because the most populous Muslim countries are not even on the list. It's just the places where there's war and there's no infrastructure in place for any type of vetting. Okay, so Egypt is not on the list, very populous Muslim nation. Indonesia, the most populated Muslim country of all, um, over 200 million uh, Muslims, they're not on the list. Saudi Arabia's not on the list. But yet and still, you have people like um, uh, Senator John McCain, Senator Lindsey Graham, the, you know, and they're, they're fighting President Donald Trump tooth mm-hmm. and nail. What, yeah. now, if, if, if you could say something to them, and I'm going to send them a copy of this tape now, so your words will get to them. Yes. What, what would you say to them? The, the danger from Islam is real. 
the goals of Islam are not religious goals. The goals of Islam is to control governments. Not, and they, their ultimate goal is to control the strongest nation on earth, which is America, the U.S. government. The reason there are civil wars all over the Muslim world is not a coincidence, but it's because half of the population in the Muslim world wants to control government and place it under 100% Sharia, and the other half wants a military dictatorship so they can live under 80% of Sharia. So is that what you, what you think is a good thing to adopt in America? Because Islam does not have religious goals in America. Mm -hmm. They're purely political goals. And I wish that our uh, con uh, Constitution defines what religion means. Mm -hmm. Any ideology or religion that kills those who leave it should not have the right to be equal to Bible in yes. America. Mm-hmm. Amen. You said a mouthful there. You said a mouthful there. They, they're uh, masquerading as a religion. Um, you know, I call it the coalition of evil with, um, with communism, socialism, fascism, atheism, and, and fundamentalist Islam, uh, in which all of them, what they all have in common is they want total government control. Exactly. And you know what? Who agrees with you? The number one Islamic scholar of the 20th century. His name uh, is Abu al-Ala al-Mawdudi. Top. The top sheikh in Islam. Mm -hmm. He agrees with you. Mm -hmm. He says that Islam is not, is not a program uh, for uh, just as a religion. Mm -hmm. it, it, it demands to take uh, to take the control of government, and no one has privacy or private rights. Mm -hmm. There is no private rights under Islam, and he compared it himself to communism and fascism. Mm -hmm. He he compared Islam, and that is a, the number one Muslim scholar. Yeah. And, and I've been saying this for years. Yeah. Yes. I, so I, they admit that their religion is not a reli pure religion. Mm -hmm. They admit it's a political system. And we are insisting to tell them, no, this is your, your religion. Yours is a, just a religion. Mm -hmm. And they disagree with us. They say, no, ours is a, a political system and a religion. Mm -hmm. So somebody is not listening yeah. to what they're trying to tell us. <laughs> Now, I think where people go wrong is that in Islam, there are rules governing how Muslims treat other Muslims if they're of the same sect. Now, they, they'll, uh, 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 a Shiite will, will kill a Sunni just as quick as they will kill a Christian or a Jew or a Hindu. Uh, they blow uh, up each other's mosques. Yeah, yeah. In Iraq... The Sunnis go and blow up the Shiite mosques, and the Shiites go blow up the Sunnis mosque. And then if America, if an American soldier is walking in Iraq, and a gun is shooting at him from a mosque, we're told, don't shoot back because we, we have to respect the mosque. Mm -hmm. 
when they themselves don't respect it for each other. Yeah. And we, we have in our mind that the mosque is the equivalent of a church, which is God's house. But it's, that's really, it's like that's the devil's house. It's not God's house. It's not just that. They store ammunition mm-hmm. in it. They preach jihad. It's a political institution where they, they tell them, go burn the embassies because, oh, they drew a, an image of Muhammad. Go, mm-hmm. go burn the Belgian embassy. Yeah. You know, you wrote something very interesting in your book that in all your life living in Egypt, 30 years, that not one time did you ever hear anyone ask the question, why did Muhammad marry a six-year-old girl? Never. That there is no questioning. And in in our country, in our culture, we question everything and uh, we are encouraged to do so exactly it's part of being a good christian is to analyze and if you read something in the bible you can't understand you have to examine it ask questions that's what it means to be a christian yeah. in islam it's the opposite yeah to ask questions it's disrespect for for muhammad how dare you chop their head yeah yeah, this is a man that cut off, personally cut off the heads of 600 people. Didn't, not ordered it to happen, but did it personally. Personally, and not only that. Anybody who criticized him, he killed. He, yeah. Uh, there were uh, about nine poets in Arabia, and poetry was big, big then. Mm-hmm. And these poets uh, ridiculed him or criticized him in their poetry and one of them was a woman he sent uh, his uh, soldiers or whatever to go behead them and bring their heads and one of them was a woman and they beheaded her while she was breastfeeding her baby oh god that is the prophet of islam yeah now i need to i need to find that story because i had heard of that story, but I was under the impression that it was one uh, poet and that that's no, where the uh, yeah, the, the um, Takira comes from because they had to lie to him to get him away from his friends. And yes. uh, and so, but and then one of them said, but oh, prophet, we're not supposed to lie. And then he tells him, well, if you're going to f- put Islam forward, it's okay to lie. And uh, that is another another law in sharia actually you can lie you can slander and exaggerate if it's for the benefit of islam Mm -hmm. in fact you're obliged it's kind of like being a democrat (laughs) (laughs) and maybe that's why they're defending them yeah yeah exactly this is why this is why you know they're they're jealous of the power. It's just like how they're jealous of the power that China has over over its billion, 1.3 billion people. They, I think that the Democrat leadership, and if you're a Democrat out there in the audience, I'm not talking about you, Ma and Pa Democrat. I'm talking about the power structure of the Democrat Party, including those exactly. in media. Exactly. You got it. And you know what? Every time I speak, in the, uh, public speaking, they tell me, oh, you hate Muslims. I said, 
How can I hate Muslims? They're victims of Islam. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about my people. I'm talking about the ideology, the criteria upon which what is good and what's bad in Islam. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about people. Yeah. My yeah. whole family is still in Egypt. My mother is still alive. She's 96. Oh, and bless her they soul. All dis- they all disown me. Wow. And I've been disinherited because I left Islam. Wow. They haven't talked to me for 17 years now. Now, I know, uh, I know what it's like because being a Christian conservative constitutionalist, I've uh, not everyone in my family, but many in my family, uh, even uh, the church where I was baptized 40 years ago. Um, you know, it's um, the, the, the treatment is horrible. It, 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 horrible. it, it ranges from being um, ignored to all the way up to out and open hostility. But thank goodness that they are Christian. After all, they will never, they will never hurt you. Right. That's never, one thing. They won't come and try to cut my head off. They won't come and cut your head off. Right. The difference between you uh, being, have, have, you know, taken a different position, but you basically are both Christian here. Yeah. Yeah. So at least there is, there is a line they don't cross. Yeah, so far and anyway. I cannot, yeah, I personally cannot visit any Muslim country. Wow. He, the people are angry at, at Trump because he doesn't want us, he doesn't want to put any limitations on countries that are sending us terrorists. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want us to put any limitations. When I, I'm an American citizen, cannot visit 54 Muslim countries, because I will be legally, legally killed. Mm-hmm. That's an excellent point. Um, you know, people are complaining about six countries, and you can't visit 54 countries. Exactly, That's because an I'd be, excellent I will be point. legally killed. Wow, legally. That's, that's an excellent point. Now... Do you have uh, maybe 10 more minutes? I need to take uh, another quick break. Absolutely. Oh, God bless you. Uh, All right, folks, if you're just joining us, we have author and uh, activist uh, Noni Darwish. The book is Wholly Different, Why I Chose Biblical Values Over Islamic Values. We're going to take a very quick break, and we will be right back. right you tell them aretha franklin it's all about freedom welcome back to the program virginia your friendly neighborhood hatchet man brother craig coming back at you here on virginia's big dog radio program the really real deal and as you just heard folks in uh, our little uh giving um little uh little little ad that we play uh please we we def we desperately uh, like so many folks out here that are being watchmen on the wall and are trying to do our part to not only save this nation, uh, but actually to save Western civilization for the entire world so that our children, our grandchildren, and our great-grandchildren can grow up in freedom. So I highly encourage you to be a giver. 
And uh, and as we say, give somewhere, give generously and give often. And uh, if some of that giving happens to fall our way, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, and you would just make your check out to the First Amendment, Inc. And uh, you could just put an old fashioned check in the mail to 8659 Staples Mill Road, 8659 Staples Mill Road. Richmond, Virginia, 23228. And uh, with that, uh, we're going to finish up this first hour with our wonderful guest. And um, Mrs. Darwish, uh, just can't thank you enough for uh, coming to share with our audience uh, all your experience. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and folks out there who are listening, uh, you, you have to understand something that when people write books like this, and, and we're very blessed, you know, I have uh, the most wonderful wife in the world who just always seems to set me up with the really the best guests ever. And, uh, and they're all big. And uh, I'm telling you, this is big. But these people have gone through some things to be folks. The, the types of authors we interview don't just sit down and uh, write a book out of the, off the top of their head. This is, um, w- would you like to just uh, comment on that a little bit of, of, of what it takes? And we've kind of been talking about that all throughout of that, you know, you say 54 countries you can't visit. And, yep. and um, just um, the, what you've gone through to be able to share not only this book, but you've written, what, six books now, five or six books? Uh, four books, and I'm writing my fifth now. <laughs> oh, okay, your fifth. Well, please keep us in mind when you get that fifth book out and uh, and come and share it. Uh, and now it's published by Regnery. So where can folks go get your book? And do you have a website or some other uh, Internet presence? Uh, people need to be able to find you because yeah. this this is powerful, wholly different why I chose biblical values over Islamic values, and I, I'm in, you know, churches out there, and uh, now I know Reverend Chickenfoot, he's not listening, but maybe one of the elders in the church is listening, maybe one of the deacons, yeah. buy this book and, and get several. Uh, I encourage all the churches to have a library, okay? Yeah. And uh, this, this book really needs to get in the hands of people that, uh, particularly Christians, uh, we need to understand that when people jerk our heartstrings around and try to pretend that uh, we are somehow being unchristian, when we just want to vet people and make sure we're bringing, uh, you know, the right kind of people into our country, then there's there's something really wrong with that picture. So I highly encourage you to get this book. But uh, yeah, share whatever you'd like to share in the last two or three minutes here. Before. Yeah, sure. Well, the the book is. Uh, it's on Amazon in all bookstores, and there's also an audio version of the book because not everybody likes to read. A lot of people drive. You can't have the CDs, and uh, I narrated the book, so I I would like to you to excuse me for my accent. Oh, I but, love your accent. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the book, uh, a lot of people tell me. I, I didn't only understand Islamic values, but I appreciated and understand my biblical values better. Mm. 
mm-hmm. because Islam came 600 years after, the, after Christ, not to confirm the Bible, mm-hmm. but to discredit it. Mm-hmm. It came to discredit and, and, chase the, and it chased the Bible out of the Middle East. Mm-hmm. The Middle East was the, the, the birthplace of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And it was chased out by Islam. And not a lot of people understand that. Old Christian Christianity existed in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Egypt was a Christian nation. Yeah, the Coptics. And exactly. It was, all of it was Christian. Mm-hmm. And uh, in, a, in a very weak time of its history, Egypt was conquered by Arabia, and, and they forced the people through the power of government to, con- con- you know, to convert them to Islam. Mm-hmm. They didn't go to preach them in peace, like how uh, Christian pastors do. Mm-hmm. No, they went controlled government and then terrorized the people to convert or pay high, very high taxes. Yeah. And yeah. they used to say, you have to pay the taxes, but you have to be humiliated when you're paying the taxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there we up our last 30 seconds before the, the top of the hour news break. So, yeah, any, any, any last word? Yes. I'd like to just uh, thank you for your audience, and God bless you, Pastor. And you're, you're doing a good job, a great job. And you are an inspiration to me as well. Oh, I and, just, I, it's, a, yeah. it's a true honor to have you. And we hope Thank to have you. you on many, many more times in the future. Absolutely. So. You know how to reach me anytime. Okay. God bless you. Thank you so all much. All right. Thank you so much. Well, all right, Virginia, we're going to take a top-of-the-hour break, and we will be right back. <laughs> 